Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. He's Chris Fedor, PlainDealerCleveland.com. Hello, Chris. Hey, hey. Guys, one of these days, I'll come in studio with you. I'll spend like a full hour if you're up for it. One uh, of these days. That'd be wonderful, but you have a kid. You got better things to do now. <laughs> oh, then we'll make it. Then we'll make it four hours. It'll be great. Oh, that'll be awesome. We'll make it during. We'll make it during his first nap, which is usually around this time. Actually. Nice, nice. Funny, a lot of people nap during our show. <laughs> Don't take it personally. It's okay. just that time of thank, day. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, it's January. Insert rim shot here, but well, cannot do to copyright infringements. I clued it up. Really? Yeah, that, I was ready for you to hit the rim shot, but I had copyright. Okay. Um, okay. Is it just me? Or have the Cavaliers been the most fortunate team in NBA history in running into teams that don't play key players on games against the Cavs? And it could it happen yeah, again I mean, tonight with Jimmy Butler? It could happen tonight with Jimmy Butler, for sure. He's a injury, or let's say quad soreness. It's always hard to classify these things as injuries these days. Um, it I happens really all the time, doesn't it? it? Chris, it's happening it all the time to the Cavs. Good for them. It's happening to other teams as well. It's yes. just something that's going on in the NBA. And I know a lot of people that are heading to um, All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City are planning to ask Adam Silver a lot of questions about um, load management, about the possibility of shortening the season, about how concerned he is, about the product of the floor. Um, it's not just the Cavs that, that are um, facing off against these shorthanded teams. Other teams are as well. It just seems like it's the Cavs because obviously we pay more attention to the Cavs and it's been Luka. It's been like the, the big, big, big time players, Luka, Steph Curry, Giannis. Now it could be Jimmy Butler. Um, I don't know what the solution is for the NBA. It's something that they obviously have to work through because with more, um, information available and with more teams leaning on the science behind the game um, I think this is going to continue because the 82 game schedule is a grind I don't know about you guys but I am absolutely exhausted January has kicked my butt it has been a grueling run of January for the Cavs 16 games in 30 days two sets of back-to-back 13 games of the 16 coming against play-in or playoff teams so I understand why a lot of teams are going this direction because the 82-game season can be very, very unforgiving. All right, so does the load management progression, though, because it does seem like it's bigger now than it's been before, is that a byproduct of the playing tournament making it a little bit easier to get in the postseason? I think it's a byproduct of a lot of things, but but I think the, the most um, critical point 
is that a lot of these players are more into the science behind the game, and a lot of these players are looking for ways to extend their careers. Um, J.B. Vickerstaff talked about this the other night. This is in the 80s and 90s when guys are playing, you know, 10 years and calling it quits. Um, while these guys are missing time throughout the course of these seasons, and it's tougher on fans because they're not getting an opportunity to see some of these players that they want to in the moment, it's allowing these guys to play 15, 17, 19, sometimes even 20 years because they're maintaining their body in a different kind of way because they're taking games off during the regular season. I think the other thing is a lot of these teams, and and the Cavs kind of started this way back um, during the the LeBron era when they were going to four straight finers. Um, Like a lot of these teams are looking at the regular season more as a stepping stone to the postseason, more as like how can we best get ourselves ready for that kind of year. Um, And the Cavs are even looking at that in a similar way. J.B. Vickerstaff has talked about it multiple times, guys. They want to be at their best and peak in March, April, and May, not here in December and January. And if that means sacrificing a few wins along the way, um, then so be it, because there are bigger picture goals that a lot of these teams have when you're talking about Milwaukee and Brooklyn and Philadelphia and the Golden State Warriors. These veteran teams that have been there, done that, understand how to best um, get to the postseason rather than be at their best in the regular season. And ultimately, Chris, if they could get home court in the first round, great. And if not, these veteran teams are confident enough, okay, we can go win a game on the road in the playoffs. That's, That's exactly right. If you remember the LeBron years when they were going to the finals for four straight years, LeBron was just like, get me in. (laughs) <laughs> get me in as the seventh seed, the eighth seed, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We'll take our chances. And if you're talented enough and you've got the kind of roster to do that, like, for example, Brooklyn is sliding right now in part because they don't have Kevin Durant healthy. What team in the NBA would want to see Brooklyn as a sixth seed in Nobody. the first round? Or Nobody. what team would want yep. to see Brooklyn if they were the eighth seed in the first round? Even against Boston, even against Milwaukee. You would give Brooklyn a fighting chance because of what they have available to them. So, yeah, the regular season has been watered down in part because of that. Andy and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. The The clear way to make the regular season games more vital is to limit mm-hmm. the number of playoff teams. And I said, you put four teams in in each conference, you're going to get teams playing like crazy in the regular <laughs> season, and it's going to be a shootout. And there's no way the NBA does that and takes away – the most eyeballs they get on any of their games, which, of course, are playoff games. So your thought about guys going to be riddling Adam Silver with questions, man, I can't wait to hear how he handles it because, Chris, I think it's a big issue. I really do, especially when you're charging fans what you charge fans to go to a game. I agree with you. I just don't know what the best way to go about it is because I understand the NBA's line of thinking. It's about making money, and with more games in the regular season means more ticket sales, means more money. You're not going to take away the play-in tournament because that's been a smashing success. Yeah, Everybody loves it. Um, it's brought more teams into the equation that don't necessarily usually have a chance. Which, which, might, which, has... which might not be the best thing, Chris. I know everybody loves it, but two-thirds of the teams in the NBA now get into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but but it's like think about the game last year between the Cavs and the Nets, and then the Cavs and the Hawks. 
and it gave the Cavs a fighting chance, yeah. a team that you know hadn't been in the postseason um, for a number of years. And now look at just as we approach the trade deadline here, you've got some of these teams, Oklahoma City, for example, in the Western Conference. Everybody expected them to tank and be a quote-unquote seller as soon as the trade deadline rolled around. They've got a fighting chance to be in the play-in tournament. And then if you get Shea Alexander, Shea Gildas Alexander on that kind of stage um, in that environment, yeah. it's going to draw eyeballs. It's going to be exciting. So I don't think they're going to do away with the play-in tournament. I don't think they're going to do away with 82 games in the regular season. I think they're just going to have to find a way to figure this out. But but those two things I can't see changing. All right, trade deadline's coming up. What do you think? What do you got for us? We are. This is, I mean, it's still Gilbert Enterprises. They're going to make a move, right? A week from Thursday. <laughs> yeah. This is very, very complicated because on one hand, the Cavs understand the weakness that they have on this roster. They need more depth in the front court. They need a reliable two-way wing upgrade. Everybody knows that. Um, But there aren't a ton of unequivocal sellers, and the Cavs don't have a ton of assets to make the kind of move that would make them significantly better. Um, You can talk about teams – like the Detroit Pistons as sellers and the Orlando Magic probably as sellers and the Houston Rockets. But like of those guys that are currently available from those teams, either they're too costly based on what the Cavs can offer or they're not the guys that are going to move the needle that much. Terrence Ross isn't going to do anything for this team. Eric Gordon isn't going to do anything for this team. And the Cavs don't have enough to get Boyan Bogdanovich from the Pistons. So that's like the problem that they're facing right now. They cannot offer a future first-round pick because they've given them all up, and the Sepian rule exists. So I think they're going to be active. I think they're going to explore the market, but the sense that I've gotten over the last week is that the Cavs don't love the options available to them on the market, and they don't love the price tag that it would cost in order to get those guys. I mean, Josh Hart would help this team, right? Like Malik Beasley would help this team. You can make that argument for all of those guys in different ways. But at the same time, you can look at it the opposite way and you can say, well, Malik Beasley can shoot threes, but he can't dribble, he can't defend, and he can't pass. Well, Josh Hart gives you toughness and grit, and he makes winning plays all the time, but he can't shoot. And then Josh Richardson is shooting 36% from three-point range. And Doug McDermott's going to get played off the court in the playoffs like every single year because he can't guard you or me. So, like, (laughs) every one of these guys that is available right now at the deadline that the Cavs could realistically acquire based on the assets that they have to give up doesn't make them significantly better, and each one of them is just as flawed as Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, Lamar Stevens, or any of the other players, Karis LeVert, any of the other players that the Cavs could put at that particular spot. Um, So I get the sense over the last week that if they don't make a move at the deadline, they're okay with that. And they're okay running with what they have, especially with Dean Wade back in the rotation and Ricky Rubio back in the rotation. And it doesn't mean that they're not trying to improve. They are. It's just trying to match the value of the player that's available um, to the value that they have to give up realistically in a trade. All right, so I'm going to try to – I'm translating this and putting it through the Guardians-Indians translator, That saying that oh, having Wade back and Rubio is just as good as making a trade. Is that what no, you're I don't think it's just as good as making a trade. But I think it's – do we want to give up either Karis LeVert or future second-round picks 
for a guy who can do a lot of the same things that the guys on our roster already can do. Gotcha. It's about matching the value of that. And it's like, okay, they could trade Karis LeVert for somebody like Malik Beasley, right? They could trade Karis LeVert for a better fitting player like Tim Hardaway Jr. But those guys that are coming here also have flaws. And there are more unknowns about how those guys would fit, how those guys would mesh in the locker room, and all those different factors that you have to take into account when you're chasing a playoff spot. There are all those similar questions, maybe even more than them, because they're more unknown than what's already here. And the, the, the clock for the Cavs, guys, is not ticking at the same rate that it is with Milwaukee and Brooklyn and Philadelphia and the Golden State Warriors. Like, there is more room for this team to grow organically and get better internally um, over the remainder of this season and moving into the future, despite the fact that they do have a big hole on this roster that needs to be filled. Chris, let me throw this one at you. And mm-hmm. I hate to say it. If okay. if Kevin Love is hurt or <laughs> if Kevin Love isn't playing at a level that really helps you. And right now that's yep. whatever. I don't know what it is, but right now Kevin's not playing like Kevin. Are you, are you going to keep your fingers crossed that it gets better, or are you going to turn that expiring contract into something that you're sure can help you down the stretch? Well, it's not only taking his expiring contract and turning it into a player that could help you immediately. Because anybody that you would take back in return for Kevin has a bloated contract that is very similar to his. And you may have to then take on more money beyond this year. That's part of the issue with somebody like Tim Hardaway Jr. He's owed two years and $34 million after this year. Wow. So it affects your financial flexibility into the future. It affects some of the moves that you can make into the future. And anybody that is um, in a Kevin Love trade is going to have a huge salary that probably goes beyond this year that could prevent some move making in the future and that's something that the Cavs would have to wait like for example would Gordon Hayward make sense on this roster absolutely I think he would be a good fit if healthy but that means taking Gordon Hayward trading away Kevin Love and taking on one extra year of 30 more million dollars for Gordon Hayward a player who hasn't been able to stay healthy is that worth it for somebody like Kevin that's the question that the Cavs have to be asking that's the question that I think fans have to be asking and the question that I think you guys have to be asking too. Do you think it's worth it? I do not. If if um, Kevin not, if Kevin is going to play at the level he's playing at right now, is it worth it? Yeah, I mean, I think on the court, sure, but giving up that level of financial flexibility um, and taking on a guy who doesn't have the best reputation in locker rooms around the NBA, I don't think is worth it. I think that's too delicate. Sir, thank you for your time. Happy kickball. You got it, guys. See you, bro. Chris Fedor covers the Cavaliers for the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. He's chock full of info. Yep. Joining us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Man, I want Kevin Love to be playing like Kevin Love and be on this team. If you're going to, if you want to make a better playoff team, would you consider moving him, folks? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.